Hey guys, it's Andrew. We've got a great episode today for you. Before we jumped in, just wanted to say again, if you like what you're hearing or if you don't like what you're hearing, you know, please go to apcardiology.com and leave me some feedback there. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, today, I'll be talking with Dr. Linda Peterson. She's been at Washington University School of Medicine since she was a medical student. Uh, she is a full professor of medicine and she is the director of the cardiac rehab program here at WashU. So I think cardiac rehab is a very underutilized service and can provide a lot of pain, a lot of benefits for our patients. So I sat down and talked with her a bit about it. I hope you enjoy it. This is AP Cardiology, and this is your host, Andrew Perry. I'm a professor of medicine and radiology at Washington University School of Medicine. Great, thanks. I'm in charge of cardiac rehab. Okay. The, uh, I had sent you a couple cases before. I just want to review yeah. those because I think those will launch us into the talking points about cardiopulmonary rehab. So, and these are all cases that I've encountered either on the wards or in clinic. Mm -hmm. So, for example, a 60-year-old male has got a history of type 2 diabetes. He had a three-vessel cabbage a few years ago, and he was recently admitted for an NSTEMI. He had a cath at that time. All of his graphs were patents. The troponin peak went up to 8. You know, he was treated with the standard aspirin, Plavix, heparin, and then discharged home. You know, when I see him in the primary care medicine clinic about a week later, for a post-hospital discharge, talking to him about things he's never been to cardiopulmonary rehab before. Another time, this was in the CCU, I had seen a 33-year-old female with idiopathic dilated cardiomyopathy, and she was admitted for a heart failure exacerbation. She had an EF of 30%. She already had an ICD, and she had been admitted three times in the past 12 months over the last year. And she's very limited at home. She can, like, perform her basic ADLs but and, like, gentle walks, but anything much more than that, she gets really winded. And then lastly, there was a, a patient who I saw was a 26-year-old female, uh, just like a year out from her uh, uh, from her aortic valve replacement. And speaking with her, she had never undergone any cardiopulmonary uh, rehab either. So I guess first off, of all these patients, you know, who are the people that qualify and should be referred for cardiac rehab? Yeah. So the standard qualifications for cardiac rehab in general are uh, myocardial infarction within the last 12 months. And it doesn't have to be a STEMI, it can be an NSTEMI. Um, with cabbage, there's no time limit. Um, current stable angina, any, basically any cardiac uh, surgery, heart, heart transplant, heart lung transplant, heart valve repair or replacement, um, and certainly, like I said, cabbage. Um, any PCI or stenting, even if the person didn't have a heart attack, they still qualify for cardiac rehab. Um, and patients with heart failure, if they have non-ischemic heart failure, they're only qualified for cardiac rehab as opposed to intensive cardiac rehab, which we can get into in a little bit. Okay, very good. So one of the issues that I also came up with on the on the floor was that when I wanted to refer somebody to cardiac rehab after chitch rush from the hospital, I was told that they needed to have like an accepting cardiologist 
to be able to go over to cardiac rehab. Do you need to be like a cardiologist to refer somebody to cardiac rehab, or, or how does that work logistically? Yeah, you don't have to be a cardiac uh, physician, a cardiologist, to refer to cardiac rehab. Um, generally, we want to have a point person to be able to call back to if the patient has any issues or any problems, someone who needs to follow them up or you know, admit them if they need to be admitted. You don't have to be a cardiologist to refer to cardiac rehab. Okay. So the indications for cardiac rehab sound pretty broad, but also seems like it's very unutilized. Yeah. So why is that the case? Um, there's multiple reasons for people not going to cardiac rehab. Um, one is not being referred, <laughs> or it's the last thing in their pa discharge packet of 14 pages. Oh, by the way, I think you should go to cardiac rehab, and you know patients don't read through their whole discharge packet and actually go there. Um, so there's several inertia barriers to overcome. Um, and um, a lot of reasons that patients don't go also are just logistical. You know, they need to go back to work and so they don't have to think they have time. Um, or if they have multiple comorbidities or travel issues, they don't have a car to get to cardiac rehab. Those sorts of things can really um, impact whether a patient actually goes to cardiac rehab or not. But by and large, one of the strongest reasons that patients um, choose to go to cardiac rehab is if their doctor strongly recommends that they go. That has the biggest impact in studies of whether patients actually participate in cardiac rehab is whether their doctor strongly recommends that they go. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, like, strongly recommends? How does that then... What does that look like, like in the hospital or in clinic? Right. So, you know, taking just a little bit of time to say, I really want you to do cardiac rehab. These are the benefits from it. Um, this is a location of one nearby you. And if you, if you don't know as a cardiologist what are all the cardiac rehab institutions, you know, um, we here at WashU have nurses, you can just call our healthcare, our heart care institute nurses at cardiac rehab, and we will find the cardiac rehab close by where that person lives. Because a lot of times we get patients from all over, from different states even, but we will find a cardiac rehab place for the patient. Mm -hmm. So in terms of, I mean, we're here in Missouri, is it hard to find a cardiac rehab in some of like these smaller towns, like down out towards Joplin or down like Springfield? Springfield's kind of a bigger town. But. Yeah, yeah, and especially patients living in very rural areas, that can be a real problem because it's, it's quite a drive for them to get in every other day or every day to cardiac rehab. So it definitely is an issue um, nationwide, not just in Missouri, but especially for places that are very remote for patients to get to cardiac rehab. Okay. Now, what are the benefits from cardiac rehab? Yeah, there's multiple benefits. For all comers, um, five years after participation, and up to 10 years after coronary artery bypass grafting, um, there's a decrease in mortality. Okay, so I think this point of the mortality benefit after cardiac rehab deserves to be expounded on a little bit. The most impressive data that I found came from the Mayo Clinic in their study of Olmsted County population. So looking at patients who underwent 
coronary artery bypass grafting or cabbage and following them up for 10 years, and you're looking at those who were referred to cardiac rehab versus those who weren't referred and using a propensity score to match those, they found a relative risk reduction in all-cause mortality of 50% with an absolute reduction of 12.7%, giving you a number needed to treat of eight. And that's pretty good. There's very few things in medicine that require a number needed to treat of less than 10. Similarly, they did a study of patients after PCI and the mortality benefits from there. And that was about an average of a 6.3 year follow-up and using their Kappelmeyer curves then found a hazard ratio of about 50% again reduction in all-cause mortality uh, with those referred to cardiac rehab versus those who weren't referred to cardiac rehab. Now, in 2016, there was a large meta-analysis published in the Journal of American College of Cardiology, and this was looking at the effectiveness for uh, uh, cardiac rehab. And in contrast to some of those earlier studies and earlier meta-analyses, they did not find an all-cause mortality benefit. However, they did find a reduction in cardiovascular mortality with cardiac rehab. In the discussion, the authors reflect upon this and state that some of the more recent studies that were included in their meta-analysis were more heterogeneous in their patients with coronary heart disease. And additionally, within the last 10 years, 15 years, there have been a lot of advances in the management for coronary disease, most notably being statins. So while the Mayo studies that I had reported earlier they included patients up until about 2006, 2007. You know, this is right at the dawn of uh, really the statin era. So overall, while I still think that there is a mortality benefit from cardiopulmonary rehab, I think that that benefit may be less than what was previously reported. Patients who do cardiac rehab do better than patients who don't do cardiac rehab. There was even one study that looked at patients who just had a PCI but didn't even have a myocardial infarction, and those patients who went to cardiac rehab still did better than patients who didn't. Obviously, it's not a randomized study. You know, patients have to show up and go to cardiac rehab, but still, um, the benefits of exercise are obviously multifold. There's benefits for conditioning, that patients are able to do their activities of daily living better, multiple markers of aerobic capacity are better, um, but there's also mental benefits. I mean, patients, exercise is associated with good mental health. So, and a lot of patients who come to us have a lot of depression, demoralization, anger issues because, you know, they're confronted with something that's potentially a mortal problem for them and they have to learn how to deal with it. And so doing cardiac rehab, um, seeing supportive staff, you know, multiple times a week, seeing other patients that are going through it so they're not, know that they're not alone. Um, I think there's multiple benefits, like I said, from both physical standpoint and from mental standpoint. Okay. Now, someone might argue that cardiac rehab isn't necessarily what is needed, but maybe just exercise by the person at home. Are there certain situations where maybe home exercise is equivalent to cardiac rehab, or should we always do cardiac rehab? 
Yeah, um, that's a great question because there's a lot of patients who are fit and active and um, doctors might think, well, they don't really need to do this. But I would argue we have patients on the monitor and we see a lot of arrhythmias. We see, we're checking their blood pressures. A lot of patients have hypertensive responses to exercise that aren't, wouldn't be picked up if they're just going to the gym. Um, or, you know, hypotensive issues, you know, patients feel a little dizzy. Okay, you're out walking the mall, but how do you know what's the problem with that? Is it a rhythm problem? Is it a blood pressure problem? Is it a blood sugar problem? You know, we have nurses and physicians there to address those issues right away. You know, and I mean, it's rare, but we do have, you know, emergencies or urgent medical issues that do come up in patients at cardiac rehab. You know, can you always predict them? No. So I think it's a good thing for people, at least initially, to start doing cardiac rehab so that we can monitor people and look out for some of these potentially life-threatening problems. And I've had patients who are young, health, you know, you would look at them and say they're healthy, they're not markedly overweight, and they occasionally work out. And they, they've told me, you know, I think I'm fairly fit, but now that I've come here, and I'm doing it three times a week. And with intensive cardiac rehab, we give them a lot of dietary information as well. They, they say, gosh, I wasn't really fit. You know, I thought I was active. I'm not really active compared to what we're doing here. So I think it, when in doubt, I would refer <laughs> to cardiac rehab for all those reasons. Gotcha. Okay. How long do the benefits last after undergoing cardiac rehab? Well... Like, so because cardiac rehab is a, a short-term sort of thing, but... Correct. So, kind of as I mentioned before, um, even up to five years after participation, you can see mortality benefits for all comers. And for cabbage, certainly there's a mortality benefit even up to 10 years after doing cardiac rehab. Mm -hmm. So, it's a, definitely a sustained benefit. And like you said, there's only... Um, we're only doing this for 36 sessions... Um, but good habits are as hard to break as bad ones. So part of what we're trying to do also is to get patients into good habits. And so coming three times a week for 36 times for 12 weeks, you're engendering a habit. You're setting up a habit that's easier to keep up than if you're just out by yourself trying to decide to do this. Okay. That was going to be my, my follow-up question was... Do some of the benefits, do they stem from setting new habits and a new lifestyle for these patients? Or like, I don't know, I could imagine that, you know, after, you know, 36 weeks of rehab, one guy goes back to sitting on the couch eating potato chips while somebody else continues on, you know, exercising every day and trying to eat healthily. Right. Like I said, the studies showing the benefits are not randomized studies, so you can't yeah. deny cardiac rehab to people who would qualify for it, right, and do a randomized study. So are you picking healthier patients or more motivated patients to begin with, or, you know, there's other confounders in those studies. But, you know, we've also done, uh, we're doing currently a study on intensive cardiac rehab versus cardiac rehab. And in intensive cardiac rehab, you basically give patients double the number of hours, not double the number of sessions. They come in 36 times, but they get 72 hours worth of either exercise or diet interference intervention. They get to meet with a dietitian, they go to cooking classes, they learn about heart-healthy eatings, 
mindful eating, how to read a label, what to look for for sodium content, what to look for for sugar content. So especially with ICR, we're really giving patients the tools with which to live a heart healthy life. It's not just telling patients, I want you to be on a low sodium, low, low fat diet. Most people have no idea. What does that mean? And a 2000 milligram sodium diet, no one's going to add up the milligrams of sodium that they've eaten that day, every day for the rest of their lives. But if you give them tools with which to read a label and say, Oh, that's not low salt. This, this is, this product is the one I should take instead. Um, I think that's really setting patients up for a much healthier lifestyle. And it's, I'm not surprised that it translates into mortality benefits. Okay. Now you were just kind of getting into some of those differences between cardiac rehab and intensive cardiac rehab. Maybe could you further elucidate what those differences are? Yeah. Um, in cardiac rehab, patients can get exercise. They get th up to 36 sessions of exercise for phase two. Um, phase three cardiac rehab is unmonitored. Patients are still allowed to come back to our rehab center and stay unmonitored if they want. So a lot of them use it as a gym after they've done the phase two cardiac rehab. Um, but for intensive cardiac rehab, um, basically patients can uh, twice as many hours of rehab. And like I said, it's not just comprised of exercise, but it's also comprised of hours worth of instructions on heart-healthy living, heart-healthy diet, healthy mindset, how to read labels, um, you know, like I said, going to cooking classes. So a lot of this is one-on-one, -on -one, or they watch inform uh, informational videos that have been approved by Medicare, um, for intensive cardiac rehab. So they're getting hours and hours of instruction of information that we would like to tell all of our patients, but realistically in a 15 minute office visit, in which time you have to also examine the patient, go over their medications, hear about any current complaints, you're not gonna have 36 hours to then tell the person all about how did heart disease happen in them in the first place? What's going on inside their artery and their heart? You know, how can they prevent this in the future? So we also go over smoking cessation for those people who smoke. So it's really repetitive and reinforcing this heart-healthy lifestyle. And we've had a really overwhelmingly positive response to it. Awesome. There Are there also diabetes educators for those? Right. Um, okay. Our dietitian is also a diabetes nurse. A diabetes educator certified and she's been doing it for years Dottie Durbin and she's wonderful at it so yes as we give patients it's the ICR is based on the Pritikin diet um, which is basically low saturated fat low sugar low processed sugar um, and high nutritional value um, we want patients to be eating foods that are um, low calorie dense foods so heavy on the fruits and vegetables and less on the processed foods and less on um, less meat uh, in general. And they go first to the dietitian if, because other patients may also have some other particular dietary needs, whether it's you know, to avoid kidney stones or for diabetes or 
you know, renal disease or things like that. So um, she goes over all of their issues individually, and we set up a plan for that person that's based on Hurricane Fred. Very cool. Now, is that, that's a lot of support. Is that just through the, like, WashU cardiac rehab facilities, or is that kind of a standard that's even nationwide? So there are, that's a standard nationwide. There's only, I think, two, maybe three programs, uh, for sure two programs that are qualified programs to get Medicare reimbursement for intensive cardiac rehab, and one is Ornish, and one is based on the Pritikin diet. And they're very similar, low saturated fat. Um, There are some differences. Um, But basically, the cardiac rehabs have to contract with those companies, so they're getting standardized materials. Everybody's teaching the same thing in order to be reimbursed by Medicare. Okay. Um, And so you, there are more than centers around the country. It's not just WashU. We were the first in the country to to be able to offer the Pritikin program as an outpatient facility. Okay. Kudos. There (laughs) we go. The, so cardiac, so to kind of recap, cardiac rehab, primarily exercise-based. Intensive cardiac rehab, a lot of extra support, allowing nutritionists, dietitians, educating to help tailor towards their specific needs, right. you know, with their other comorbidities. Right. So now, who are the kinds of people you refer to cardiac rehab, and who goes to intensive cardiac rehab, or maybe better question, right. who qualifies to go for those? Right. That's a great question. So I said Medicare supports ICR. Not all insurances support ICR reimbursement. So if somebody's doesn't have the insurance for it, they can still pay for it, but it's obviously more expensive. And so patients might not elect to do that if they're not of Medicare age, mm-hmm. Medicare eligible. So that's one issue. So even if a person's had an MI and would otherwise qualify for ICR, if their copay is too high or they're paying out of pocket, they might not want to do it, which is, you know, I think um, a real shame that patients that are that young um, and obviously have a life-threatening problem, um, can't get all of the information um, through the ICR program. Yeah, it would seem that, you know, then they could develop the healthy habits that they need and right. have a longer sustained benefit over their life. Correct. As opposed to just hitting them later at the gate when they're 65. Correct. Absolutely correct. Um, so the patients who most insurances um, will only pay for cardiac rehab, just the exercise, including Medicare age, is if there's no coronary artery disease involved. So if patients have, for example, um, um, non-ischemic cardiomyopathy, for those patients, only cardiac rehab is reimbursed, including Medicare patients. Mm, Okay. So like, for example, my, you know, young 33-year-old female with or not ischemic cardiomyopathy, she wouldn't qualify for intensive Correct. cardiac rehab. She does not qualify for intensive cardiac rehab. Okay. And, okay, so to get intensive cardiac rehab, basically you need a diagnosis of coronary artery disease. In general. For your third example, your 26-year-old woman who had the AVR, I'll have to double-check. You know, if there's ever a question, just call us. We uh-huh. And we'll sort through that person's individual insurance and um, what they're covered for. And certainly, if anybody qualifies for ICR, you know, we'll put them in that because we think we're getting so many benefits out of it. You know, patients get so much more information. 
And so we preferentially try to get patients into the ICR program if we can. Okay. How do you approach referrals to cardiac rehab you know, with your patients, either in the clinic or when you're on service? Um, so when I'm on service, you know, I make it a point to tell people when they're getting ready for discharge that I really want them to do cardiac rehab after they've been discharged from the hospital. I sit down and tell them some of the benefits. I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to sit down for a long time, but I really want you to do this. And then I find out, are, do they live close to here, uh, to the Washington University campus, or do they live close to our um, cardiac rehab site, which is at Oliver Mason? And if they do, then I strongly encourage them you know, to go there because it's close by. I know what, the pro what they're going to be getting if they don't live close by, then I'd say, please go, we'll find you a place that's closer or one that you want to go to. Um, but I really want you to go to cardiac rehab afterwards because I think there's just so many proven benefits to it. Mm -hmm. Now, what about the timing for cardiac rehab? You know, for example, a lot of approved conditions to go for it. Does it matter? And a few of these, you know, I guess at least for us having an MI, it has to be within 12 months. But say for the other ones, like if you had a cabbage, you know, there's no time restriction on having that. If you have heart failure, there's no really time time limitation. Is there an improved benefit if you refer them earlier after their cabbage or if you refer them earlier to the diagnosis of their heart failure, et cetera? Um, there's actually a study um, done in, was published in circulation showing the benefit of early referral um, is that more patients actually enroll because the farther they get out from their event, the less likely they are to think, okay, I need to come to cardiac rehab. You know, I'm, I'm at home. I've developed this pattern of being at home and not going to rehab. So I really strongly recommend that people start, you know, as soon as they physically can do it. Um, and there has been, there in that study, there was no downside in terms of major cardiac events or things like that in patients who started on the early side. Mm -hmm. Thank you. What, um, those are the questions that I had come prepared with. Are there other pearls or wisdom that you have about cardiac rehab that we haven't covered? Um, I would just say in, in my experience, just having been there for years now is that I've just been surprised at how much of a mental benefit people get from doing cardiac rehab. You know, they are very appreciative. They, see the benefits for themselves. They can see the difference from when they started cardiac rehab to what they end cardiac rehab, you know, and they're just very appreciative. And a lot of them stay on and do phase three because they've developed friendships, you know, kind of like at the gym. It's a more of a, almost a social club too, because they have this social support with people that they've met while doing cardiac rehab. Um, and so I've just been it's just a really lovely thing to see patients who are supporting each other, um, feeling better, seeing that they're doing better. They can see it for themselves. And the other thing, um, like I said, is even, that's even in patients who are young and you would consider, oh, he's pretty healthy otherwise. They can still see the benefits for themselves as well. And they may be surprised by it. They'll, oh gosh, I thought I was doing pretty well on my own, but now I'm doing even better. They can see it for themselves.
Well, it's been a very informative time talking with you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. So to recap, patients that you should refer for cardiac rehab include patients who have had an MI, patients with coronary artery bypass grafting, with stenting, people with current stable angina, or with heart failure. There is a reduction in all-cause mortality for all comers, up to 5 years and up to 10 years for those after coronary artery bypass grafting. Intensive cardiac rehab is primarily for your patients with a diagnosis of coronary artery disease, and that provides them with a lot of extra support in terms of nutrition and lifestyle counseling. And lastly, one of the main barriers to patients going to cardiac rehab is a lack of endorsement from their provider. So make it a point to at least talk to your patients about it. It doesn't have to be long, just a minute or two, and that will greatly increase the chances of those patients following through with cardiac rehab and reaping the benefits of it. Thanks for listening to this episode of AP Cardiology. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of AP Cardiology. This series is co-sponsored by MedPage Today and by the Division of Medical Education at Washington University in St. Louis School of Medicine. Much thanks to the band Broke for Free, whose song Night Owl on their album Directionless EP, I've used for my theme music. <laughs>